listening to the Hubcast, where HubSpot users go for the latest product updates, inbound strategies, and pretty much all things orange. This episode of the Hubcast is brought to you by Aircall. Aircall empowers teams with a phone system built for modern businesses, no hardware, tons of integrations, including one with HubSpot, and it can be set up in minutes. Learn more at aircall.io and stay tuned to hear some of my recent interview with Aircall's VP of Marketing, Jeff Reekers. And welcome back, welcome back to the cast with your friends and family, the Dove Meister, coming back from the break with Santa Claus kind to oh, yeah. you and your family, Duff. Very kind. He actually really was. Like, I got some really like just practical gifts this year yeah. that I started using immediately, and just felt like wow. This is, this is what it's all about. No, <laughs> but it was, it was actually really great. Like some really good, like recipe books and mm -hmm. things like that, that I'm just like going all in on. Like it's a new toy. Are you, are you a big time cook stuff? I wouldn't necessarily call myself a big time cook, but I do enjoy cooking mm -hmm. and Matt and I cook together a lot. And I recently got on the instant pot phase or craze, I should say. What is that? The Instant Pot is a pressure cooker. Okay. And it, it can do a lot of different things, is but- Is faster than normal pressure cookers? No, but most people don't use pre pressure cookers. Like they oh, haven't, okay. pressure yeah, cookers haven't really been commercialized. And yeah. so the Instant Pot really commercialized it. You can make yogurt in it. You can make baked goods in it. There's like, so and it's been this craze. made in your pressure cooker? Ooh, I made a cheesecake in it for New Year's. Really? That was very good. It had an Oreo crust, strawberry cheesecake, and I also made some wings. But what's the advantage of, of doing that? Like in a pressure cooker, what would it's somebody faster. Do in a pressure cooker instead of like your traditional oven? It's faster. So the cheesecake took about 10 minutes. Holy smokes. To like cook in the pressure cooker. You and you make soups. chicken wings too? Yeah, I made chicken wings. Were they, good? they were very good. I still had to put them in the oven to broil them. Yeah, okay. But they, uh, it's like, you know, and you can do a lot of things that you could do in your crock pot. Mm. Like you could crock pot something for eight hours and it would come out the same as if you put something in, the, in an instant pot for 45 minutes or an hour. That's dope. So yeah, anyway, I'm super hyped about it. Here. Yeah, if, if any of you have good tips. any of you have good instant pot recipes, please hit me up. It's good to know. You know, maybe HubSpot Ventures should have invested <laughs> in Instapot. Yeah. You feeling my vibe on that one, Doug? I'm feeling your vibe here. I think I see where you're going. You so 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 it's it's interesting to me that HubSpot has started this HubSpot Ventures, which is is basically they're going to be investing. Um, you know, essentially angel investors and startups that are more SaaS oriented startups and tools that would essentially connect with the orange, right? With mm -hmm. the HubSpot. But I think it is fascinating watching their ecosystem just to continue to grow and grow. Salesforce did the same thing. And it's like, you know, it's almost like, like um, I just, 
it's just so there's such a reflection of what Salesforce has been over the years. And of course they're carving their own niche, but I think it's fascinating. Do you have any thoughts on that? It is fascinating to me what's happening there. Yeah, I, I do think it's fascinating. I appreciate the, we have an article linked up here in the show notes, um, but what it what they kind of say is that HubSpot is remembering the financial backing they received as a new company and they kind of want to do the same thing for other people. So it's a very nice kind of sounding thing, but you know, it's a, it's a play to try to get more people spending more time, you know, creating better, better products that will integrate well. And I'm excited for it because, you know, the more kind of, mainstream some of these things can go the better and better the platform is going to get that's it if it makes the tool better yeah we're game and i'm okay if they gamble one percent a year Mm -hmm. on stuff like that who knows what the gamble is what the amount is but because they're going to hit a few jackpots right and and a few of them are going to be stinky but that's just how that world works it's how it works and speaking of like like startups in the SaaS space um I'm not sure how many of our audience is familiar with Mark Killens. Uh, he has been the educational, really just face in many ways of HubSpot for, what would you say, seven years maybe? Yeah, I mean, he he was HubSpot Academy. He was the founder of HubSpot Academy. Yeah. Yeah. He had been leading it for the last, yeah, I think it was 10 years he yeah. had been at HubSpot. Oh, yeah, almost a decade. He's going to drift. Drift is another, you know, big time up and coming startup, David Cancel. And one other interesting thing about that, David will be speaking at Impact Live mm-hmm. this coming year, which by the way, if you haven't signed up for Impact Live yet, just want to just take a moment to look in the mirror and say, what have I become? <laughs> Who that's, am I? That's what you need to be asking yourself. Because this is the one inbound event, conference, it is that, that you can go to, where you will just get the goods, business information to help your sales, marketing, leadership teams, and no fluff, no politics, none of that other business, just the goods. So anyway, hopefully you have signed up for the impact lives. So it is, uh, let's throw the URL out there for yeah, yeah, yeah. impactbnd.com slash live. Slash live. Hard to remember that one. Live. L-I-V-E. So we have um, a property of the week. We always talk about properties of the week and you're focused on the sales property series right now. And so, Duffy, what's on your mind to discuss with our wonderful audience this week? I want to talk about lead status today. Now, remember, these the sales property series, don't be fooled. These aren't deal properties. These are contact properties. So this is data that's attached at the contact level that are populated when you're using the sales tools and when you're doing things like deal tracking. So if you're not using the sales tools consistently or properly, 
these properties may end up with incorrect or skewed data. So if you're looking at any of these properties and you're seeing certain things like recent deal amount or things like that that don't quite look right, you got to go back and make sure that you're managing the sales tools properly. But if you are using them consistently, then there's a lot of good stuff that we can get in that lead status is one of those sales properties. Now, this is not populated by HubSpot automatically, but what it is, is it's a contact and it's also a company property. So it's, it's on both records that indicates where a contact or company is within a buying cycle as a lead. Now you may be looking at this or hearing this and thinking, that sounds a lot like life cycle stage. What the heck is the difference? Well, a lot of people think that. I thought that when I first started using HubSpot. Um, and HubSpot actually addresses that exact question in a knowledge article um, that's linked up in the show notes. But when you're thinking about lead status versus life cycle stage of a contact, for life cycle stage, think the marketing and sales funnel, more of like the full kind of cycle of a contact versus lead status is really zoomed in on the buying cycle. So depending on how you define your life cycle stages, the lead status you're going to use when somebody is probably an SQL and an opportunity when they maybe have an open deal or something like that. Um, so the, another difference is life cycle stage cannot be changed. So HubSpot's out of the box life cycle stage are things like lead, marketing, qualified lead, opportunity, customer. Lead status can be totally customized for your sales process. So I've seen people use this, this property in all kinds of different ways. Whatever helps your sales team to be able to keep track of where a contact is in that buying process. So they may be, you know, an opportunity in general, um, but some of the out of the box life cycle, or I'm just mixing myself up. Some of the out of the box lead status uh, options that you get are like new, open, in progress, or there's an open deal, or they're unqualified, we've connected, it's bad timing. So it's, it's kind of just like a little window into maybe the salesperson's mind of like where that contact is at within kind of the microcosm of the sales process. So again, it can be totally customized. Um, and it's a property that a lot of people sync over from Salesforce as well. So if you're familiar with Salesforce, that's probably ringing a bell. Um, but again, use that as kind of that microcosm for the specific buying cycle that you have as a way to track exactly where your contacts or your companies are within your specific buying cycle and feel free to customize it because you can do that. You can't customize life cycle stage. That's a whole other thing. It's like Burger King, your way, people. Exactly. So I'm saying. Have fun. Go nuts. So let me tell you something that's on my mind that I've been thinking about. It's a little experiment that I want our listeners to do, Duff, and it comes, comes down to UX, web design, web messaging, right? So I want everybody that's listening to this right now, you to go to your homepage, and I want, to, I want you to go to your main service pages or product pages after that. And here's what I want you to ask yourself, or I want you to pretty much define. How many of the statements, either headlines or paragraphs, 
start with or use the words we versus you. It's interesting, and this is what I see over and over again, Duff, and I know you've seen this many times, many throwdowns as you've done. Most people flat out don't understand messaging when it comes to the way people want to read a website. Too often, our websites talk about, here's what we do, here's why we are special, and if you work with us, that's all they want to talk about. Fundamentally, all people really care about is what is the problem that they have and can you, your company, can they solve it? And so if your paragraphs are starting with, are you dealing with this? Are you concerned about X? Are you frustrated with Y? Have you noticed, you know, Z? Like all these, these types of statements, that's what allows the reader, the viewer, the visitor to nod and say, yep, that's exactly what I'm going through. Unless somebody can say that's exactly what I'm going through, yeah, that's my problem, we have failed them as communicators. And I was looking at a site today, and it was 100% we and us, everything from the navigation bar to the headlines mm. to all the first sentences of all the paragraphs literally had the we us foundation to them, and they just completely whiffed and missed the mark, Duff. That's on my mind. What say you? Because I know this is something you've played with a lot yourself. Oh, yeah. This is ringing a lot of bells for me. Um, this is actually one of my points in my inbound talk. So my inbound 2017 talk was titled 10 Things We've Learned from Doing Over 100 Website Throwdowns. So we do these live website critiques, and I would see very similar things across so many websites. And this was actually one of them. And I think the way that I stated it in my one out of 10 things was your website isn't about you. <laughs> and it was exactly that it, it's, you know, your website for, and for so long, people just have viewed websites as like this brochure. Like I just have to like take everything about our business and like slap it onto a bunch of pages and you know, it's, you know, when I'm thinking about my website and I'm thinking about all the content that needs to be on it, it's all centered around our products and our services. And we completely lose sight of the person on the other side of the screen. Um, and I agree with you that that's particularly, I think it's particularly difficult for people to put themselves in those shoes when they're actually writing the copy itself. Um, because it's so easy to just think about it from our perspective. Like We're thinking like the business, not like the buyer. Mm -hmm. and, and this is always the problem. This is the great divide when it comes to digital, when it comes to content, when it comes to video. There's a, the surplus is that most companies think like businesses and they simply cannot put themselves in the shoes of the buyer, not nearly well enough, or they don't even want to. You know, they'll say things like, we just simply cannot talk about cost and price, which is flat out BS. That's mm. not true. I don't care what your business is. You can teach people the market and help them understand what drives cost in your space, what drives it up, what keeps it down, what they could expect, what they could look for. But yet most companies still don't want to talk about it, especially service-based businesses. It's flawed thinking. Fact is, we don't treat others and we don't speak to others and we don't message to others as we ourselves would like to be spoken to or messaged to or taught if we were the buyer 
and it's prolific. It's on my mind. And so I wanted to say it. So if anybody is listening to this, do the audit, y'all. Do the audit. You might raise an eyebrow and say, mm-hmm. what the what? The golden rule of website yeah. messaging. The golden rule of website messaging. I think we'll have to run with that when they're deaf maestro. Yeah. It's good job. HubSpot wish list item. So when we talk about what we be wishing, HubSpot be doing. And tonight it's company and contact info mandatory to create a deal. Let's say you, Duffy. So this is one that actually just hurt recently. <laughs> I, um, was wor- I was working with a client who has been tracking their deals in HubSpot. Their salespeople are in there. They're using the sales tools. They're they're tracking their deals. They're communicating. Great. Their marketing team is using the tools, doing things in there. We found out as we were working on stuff, as we're trying to figure out custom reporting and set up the reporting that they wanted, that their sales team was not consistently associating contacts and companies with deals which really just kind of throws everything off. Because if you're not associating contacts with deals, then certain data doesn't get synced back to the contacts. And when you're creating certain reports, you don't see all of the data. It just gets to be a real mess. But the problem is there's no good way other than just telling the salespeople, you got to do this. You got to make sure that you do this. There's no other way to mandate that in HubSpot. So this is a wish list item and probably if any of you have used the sales tools and set stuff up for your sales team, you're going to want to go and vote this up right now if you haven't. Um, but really all, all we want is like you can set uh, setting mandatory properties, required mandatory properties when you're creating deals, just make it mandatory to associate a contact and or a company or allow us to make that mandatory so that we'll never kind of make that mistake or we're not able to make that mistake and miss that of associating contacts, especially, oh man, it just gets so complicated because you're running workflows off of contacts. And if those deals aren't associated with them, it just, it makes my head spin when I think about it. And the fact that we're not able to really mandate that for people is a, is a real kind of scary thing. So get in there and vote this up. Links in the show notes. Vote them up. And of course, you got to vote up our sponsor of today's episode, Air Call. That's Air C A L L. And in fact, you sat down with them. So I think you've got a little bit to say about this, Duff. I did. So you've heard about these guys. They do some honestly super cool sales call center, uh, sales and service call center software. And I got to sit down with Jeff Reekers, who is their VP of marketing, to talk about. What I love about doing these interviews is talking about how these people got to where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I loved about talking to Jeff is that he was an Aircall customer before he ever worked at Aircall. So That's he was a, a power user of the tools, which when you talk to somebody like that, it's like, okay, you know that this is legit because somebody who's in a similar seat to me use the tools and then love them so much and love the company so much that he wanted to then go work for them. So we talked more about that. We talked about what Aircall is doing to make sales and service reps lives easier. And I'm going to play a little clip of that interview right now. 
And so uh, I knew that um, uh, phone systems and IT wasn't something that uh, I wanted to head towards in my career. Um, however, fast forward about 10 years later, I never touched a phone system again in terms of the setup. And I met um, Aircall at a trade show before I had worked there and I saw the product and I got set, set up with my own phone number. Um, I was adding team members to it uh, immediately uh, on the demos, like making print calls from a Zimbabwe <laughs> phone number. And I was just having a great time with it. And I thought, I didn't know at that time if um, all technology had moved in this direction or if this was specific to Aircall. So I did a little bit more research and I found that Aircall really had created something pretty unique. Um, and I was lucky enough to have um, met Olivier kind of serendipitously around that time, who's our CEO. And uh, from there, I ended up joining a few months later. We appreciate Aircall. Uh, we appreciate your sponsorship of the show. The show. Well and thanks, done. Jeff. You're Thank the best. you, sir. Thank you. So we've got a few updates to run through. One's really dang important, I think, because uh, a lot of people use Zoom. A lot of people use Zoom. So let's talk about this. Now live, Zoom for HubSpot brings video meetings into the CRM and meetings tool. Muy bueno, Duffy. Tell us. Yeah, tell us. yeah, yeah. So this is something, another thing that they announced at Inbound that has finally gotten released. So two major things that the Zoom integration brings. Um, one, it it uh, allows you to link up your Zoom account for the meetings tool. Um, so actually, this is something that we've created like a pretty detailed Zapier zap that does this for us that basically creates a unique Zoom link for a meeting that gets booked with the meetings tool and automatically updates the calendar invite and all this crazy stuff. Well, now, if you've been doing that, you can just do it right within HubSpot, right within the meetings tool, um, and it'll create unique meeting invites for all of your meetings that get booked through the meetings tool. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and you can also select Zoom as the conference option when you're scheduling a meeting with a contact within the HubSpot CRM. So this is gonna be a big deal. Um, I'm really excited about it. They haven't said much about the webinar piece of this. Um, so I'm interested to see if there's going to be webinar integrations because I know that um, you can use Zoom or people do use Zoom for webinars. Right. Um, and I've heard some whisperings about that. Um, so you can actually, I know that you can do things like add contacts to a Zoom webinar um, with this. So there is that small piece. I'll be interested to see if they build that out anymore. Um, but this is Zoom users who are either using the meetings link and scheduling meetings on the sales side um, or people that are using Zoom webinars within HubSpot. Yay. Yay. Thank this you. is good. This is this really is good, good because um, in case, it, it, it's funny, it's like, it seemed like three, four years ago, everybody used um, GoToMeeting. And then GoToMeeting got bought and then they stunk up the joint. Yeah. And a lot of people started becoming disenchanted with them and Zoom just took over the market. Yeah, we um, recently, yeah. We recently ditched GoToMeeting. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty wild how that can happen. Mm -hmm. Um with companies so quickly, like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. 
But it seems like all my friends, like all the companies that I know, pretty much all of them now use Zoom. It's crazy. So content strategy is now called SEO, not in the real world, just in your HubSpot portal. Duff, please explain. So they did they did two of these actually, but I don't think they did an official product announcement. So they renamed the content strategy tool to just SEO. And they actually, you've probably seen, they renamed the lead flows tool to pop-up forms, which that makes a ton of sense. I agree with renaming lead flows to pop-up forms because lead flows was a lot of times a very confusing terminology for people. But for content strategy, and I'm going to link up in the show notes here because our own Liz Murphy content guru actually wrote an article about how angry she was, was she about, was she about this. It was scathing. Was <laughs> it was scathing because... She didn't want people to sort of lose the content strategy piece of what the tool actually does. Um, HubSpot, the HubSpot product team actually reached out to her and they're having some conversations about that and about how you know they can make sure that they communicate that this SEO tool. It would have been so really, easy just to put content slash search yeah. as, as the option. Yeah. And they, I mean, they didn't hard. change anything. They didn't change any functionality, but I, I get it honestly, because I think that people will more naturally people who yes, are yeah, getting yeah. in the HubSpot, sexy. who aren't, who aren't like working with an agency, maybe who aren't having a specific onboarding, who are just getting into the tools. They're going to be a lot more likely to go into the navigation and go to a tool that's titled SEO, then they are going to go to one that's called content strategy. I do think yeah, that that's true. Owners. Yeah. I think leadership owners, some, some of them really get into the SEO versus not nearly as much content. Right. Like SEO is, is this very like, you know, industry buzzword kind of thing. So, you know, I, I get it from that, that standpoint, but it's also it one mean. of those things that, that Liz Murphy's not vexed. Yeah. Love so it. check out that article if you mm. if you want to hear Liz Murphy go off. Yeah, we like we chance. like a good rant here and there. And then finally, better automate deal company and ticket processes with workflow re-enrollment that sounds long and a bit <laughs> nerdy. Yes. What's this update, Duff? Well, We've talked about over the last couple of months, HubSpot has been rolling out deal workflows and company-based workflows and ticket-based workflows, which we are rejoicing about. There is so many things that we can now do when we can enroll deals into workflows and tickets into workflows and companies into workflows and not only contacts. So that's awesome. But one piece of functionality that they hadn't released yet is being able to set re-enrollment criteria. So with contacts, you've always been able to go in and say, you know, if, if my workflow is based on somebody submitting a form, I could tell HubSpot, if somebody submits this form a second time, do I want them to get re-enrolled or not? So do I want them to be able to go through this workflow twice? Yeah. Yeah. So up until this point with deal and company and ticket workflows, you could only ever go through it once. The deal or company or ticket could only ever go through it once and you couldn't select any of that re-enrollment criteria like you could on contacts. Now you can. So that's awesome. You can turn on re-enrollment um, and, and set up that custom re-enrollment criteria for your deals and your tickets and your companies. 
That's so nice, HubSpot. Thanks. Thanks, HubSpot. And uh, thank you, Duff, for this episode of the cast. It's been a good one. Hey, listen, if you're if you're a business out there and you're thinking about, you know, I'd love to spread the good word to the Orange community, let us know. Uh, obviously, this is an, like a super niche podcast because we have uh, thousands of HubSpot users each month are listening, and we appreciate your listenership if you are listening to this right now. And make sure you tell your fellow HubSpot peers and compadres, those that bleed orange, about the show. And of course, send us your feedback, send us your thoughts. She is C. Duffy at impactbnd.com. That's Bravo Nancy David. When you have a name like Impact, you can't get good URLs. That's a lesson there. And I am M. Sheridan at impactbnd.com or Marcus at marcusheridan.com, whatever floats your fancy. Duff, I think it's about that time. Why don't you bring this bad boy home? It is about that time. Hey, it's 2019. I'm excited, Marcus. I'm excited. I'm excited for what we're going to do with the cast in this new year. We always love hearing from you. We always love hearing your feedback. And if there's anything that you want us to talk about on the show, we get so fired up about hearing from you guys. So until next time, this is Karina Duffy and Marcus Sheridan saying to you, get out there and do some happy HubSpot. <laughs>